Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. Surfer. How long are you staying stateside? Long enough to check in with my bros, keep it stoked, you know? Uh-huh. Stoked. You know? Cool. I'm Jim Burns. You know, I live near the Pacific Ocean, and I love the ocean. It is a place of rest and refuge. Well, the ocean has always been a place of rest and refuge for my guest, Christina Damari, as well. And as a young girl, she used to spend hours at the beaches near her California home to escape the unrest caused by her father's alcoholism and her mother's abusive tirades. And now that she is a wife and a mother, the ocean continues to be a source of inspiration for her as she encourages other young women to overcome negative family patterns and develop a heart that is designed to shine for the Lord. Well, on today's edition of Homeward, author and speaker Christina Damari joins me right here in studio. She's going to talk about how God stopped the cycle of abuse in her family and what we can learn about healing and forgiveness from the ocean. So keep it right here because Homeward starts right now. From the studios of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University, welcome to Homeward with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. Today on the program, we're going to take you to the ocean. (laughs) Actually, this is a good conversation, though. I mean, Jim loves the beach. I love the beach, but uh, so does Christina Damari, but she does for different reasons. And uh, today and during the next half hour, you're going to hear a conversation about developing a heart that's designed to shine. If you have been victimized by abuse, emotional, physical, spiritual, sexual, uh, Christina's got a story that's going to resonate with you. And again, this is a story that uh, involves some rather difficult conversation. If you've got kids with you right now and you're listening to the radio, I encourage you to turn the radio off and pick up the uh, conversation here at homeward.com or through our podcast. But uh, this is a story that you'll want to hear and it's an important one. Here's part one of today's program and Jim Burns. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Christina Damari is with us. We're talking about developing a heart that's designed to shine. Speaker, writer who has a passion to help others pursue God's unique design in their lives. And she's written a great book called Ocean Star. We're going to talk about that. It's actually a true story about her life and how she was lost, but then she was found. She also started a great ministry called Design to Shine Ministry to reach out to young women and old women to help them follow their God-given dreams. She's married to Michael. She's been married for over 19 years, and she has two teenage sons, Jake and Trevor. Welcome to our program. Thank you. I think you're the only person, I said this before when we were just talking, where my wife, Kathy, said, you must have her on. Then my daughter, Becca, after she read your book, you must have her on. And both of them wanted to be here in the studio today, and they couldn't. So uh, mm-hmm. I greet them uh, because your your book influenced them in such a huge way. That's great. Thank you for um, having the courage, because as our listeners are going to hear, this is not an easy story, no matter how far a person feels from God, he is always with us and he will not abandon us. And that's really your story in many ways, right. isn't it? it is. Now you described the home that you grew up in this way. It was white on the outside, but the inside was whatever the color of wrong is. I circled that. What did that mean? 
That meant that my father was actually a policeman in the San Francisco Police Department. And so from the outside, everything looked like, you know, he was this authority figure and out, you know, protecting the community. But yet in our own home, it was everything the opposite of that. He would turn to alcohol as soon as he'd walk in the door. And my mother and and my father just were at it at all times from just arguments and fighting and the screaming and just not getting along. And then just as the years went on, as a child, you don't really understand exactly what is wrong. You just know something is wrong. And at the same time, you said that for really about the first 12 years of your life, you considered your dad to be a hero. Right, because our home was so so dysfunctional and so right. tumultuous that right. as a child, you just have to try to figure out what's going on. But my father and my mother favored different children, so they were always playing each all the kids against each other and playing, you know, favorites. And my father was not a good father to some of my brothers and sisters, but he did tend to favor me. But yet at the same time, my mother took all of her frustrations out on me. And so there was just all this little tangled up web of relationships as a young person. So I say that because everything was very wrong on the inside with the violence and the... I mean, you in many ways, you're a pretty confused kid. You just described somebody who came from a major dysfunctional home who yeah, uh, really had to be confused with kind of what are all these roles and who are these people? Yeah, yeah. And you're and just kind of left to try to figure it out. Yeah, your grandparents' home, that was kind of a safe place for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's a place that we would go to not often, but when we did go, it was definitely a place where... My grandmother was very nurturing, and my grandfather was, all, you know, just a place where you walk in the door and they're happy to see you. Right. We didn't get that at home. No, you didn't. It did was not. more uh, just fear and trembling and walking on eggshells and, you know, just not really sure when the next blow up was going right. to happen. And, and actually, so many people have that. In, in your book, Ocean Star, you mentioned one time a, a Christmas memory. So many of us have wonderful Christmas memories, and yet you had a Christmas holiday where actually, I think it was your sister Anna had to pretty much separate mom and dad at Christmas time with a bat. Exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, she literally had to throw a back down on my father's back to get him to let go of my mother and then pull my mother up the stairs and throw her basically out the door to get her to to leave. And um, oh, yeah, that night was a night we all of my siblings thought we were not going to live beyond that night. We thought my father had just completely gone off the edge and he was going to come in and we feared for our lives that night. I mean, you actually had fear. And yet, you know, your dad was drinking and yet he treated you nice. Your mom would kind of take it out on you, and so she'd even physically abuse you, yes. beat you, yes. partly because she was probably upset that this man who was abusing her liked you. Yes. Pretty complicated. Yes, it was definitely it. But up. interesting enough, at age 16, your parents were ending their marriage, and you needed to decide which parent to live with. And based on family history, I'd kind of go, okay, she's going to go with dad, but you went with mom. Yeah. At that point, there was a other family members were coming in and saying, you know, you need to basically, you need to be careful. Don't be alone with your father and, you know, definitely don't go live with him. And I knew, I felt that burden. I mean, he put that very um, unhealthy emotional burden on me from a very early age that I was the one that was going to take care of him. And so I had that. And I think intuitively, somehow I knew I couldn't keep carrying that or I was going to drown, where it was an easy decision to not easy, but to go to live with my mother, I was free because she was nowhere around. So basically by choosing to not live with my father, I was choosing freedom. 
which meant basically I was on my own. Yeah, I mean, you're you're on your own. And, you know, later we're going to find out more of the story of your uh, dad and actually some child molestation that I don't want to get into yet. It's just an amazing, bizarre story. And it's amazing that you're sitting here because it really is a story of redemption, even though it we're really talking is. about all this stuff. But, you know, even when you were in high school, you had some unexpected turns. You had a very close friend commit suicide. Rosie. Yes. That was a really hard point. You know, when you look at my whole story, you would think that the earlier years would have been the really hard part, but really the hardest part of my journey was high school. It was yeah. once my father and my mother finally separated that. Thank God that was the best thing they could have done. But my father was gone and my mother had already been long checked out, And but my family became my friends. And so my friends and I, we just did everything together. Right. We, you know, wasn't always it, looking back at uh, we did the best we could do in that situation. But um, at that time, I was skipping school and just surfing and hanging out at the beach. And we got into drugs and just, you know, just lived that lifestyle for four years. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at you. You're this beautiful woman who's been married for over 19 years to Michael. You've got these two great teenage sons. And yet your high school years were filled with smoke and pot oh, as yeah. well as doing other stuff. Every day and all day. I mean, my brain, I thank God so much that my brain is intact. Yeah, you know, you're lucky because some people who smoke pot even a little bit will get what we call amotivational syndrome and their brain kind of becomes lazy and lethargic and kind of slows down. Yeah. God's hand was on your life even then before you actually, you know, made a commitment to Christ. Yes. And also when I come to Christ, I think there's, we all have to go on a journey of, of healing uh, those places I've really prayed for redemption in sure. all areas of my life. I've just really gone with God on that journey yeah. to be healed. And he has surrounded me with favor in that way. Well, that's, re- that's really neat. But We're... yeah, that was a difficult time in that season, especially with Rosie, because that was my safety net and that was my pod, which I call my pod. You know, we travel with pod like the dolphin and the dolphin, when one is injured or disoriented, they come and put their fins under the one that's kind of lost its balance and they carry it up to the surface until it can breathe and be okay on its own. And that was what we all said we would do for each other. Hmm. And so when that happened, that was really, I still, I still get emotional about it. You still have emotion right now. I'm looking in your eyes. Yeah. It's really hard to even talk about it. And I talk about it all the time, but I still, it's just, it was such a, a huge part of my journey that when she, well, there's just so much more to that story too, that her, her parents put, were also not in a good, healthy situation. So it's just that we had similar situations and she wasn't strong enough to be able to make it through it. And she just couldn't cope and just threw herself off the bridge. Threw herself off the bridge. Took she actually ate rat poison, downed a couple beers, and threw herself off the Golden Gate Bridge. Amazing, amazing story. And uh, through that, even such a horrible thing as that, that's one of the things that it looks like you know brought you to a relationship with God. After the break, I want to talk about that. Boy, just let that set in for a little bit. Uh, Roger Marsh here in the studios at the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University. Uh, listening to that amazing story. Uh, as told to parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns by author Christina Damari. And uh, she's got a couple of resources that are designed to help young women in particular who might be dealing with these types of thoughts uh, or feelings of inferiority. Uh, she's written a book called Ocean Star and uh, Designed to Shine. We've got links to them up at homeward.com. We're talking about developing a heart that's designed to shine. And if you know a young girl who would be encouraged by these resources, we encourage you to visit our online resource center today. More of this conversation in just a moment as Homeward with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns continues. I'm Jim Burns with today's Homeward Snapshot. Heather. 
Oh, hey, Mom. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Are you all ready for the big day? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to be 18. Neither can I. So, even though your birthday isn't for a couple more days, here. It's a journal. I started it the day I found out I was expecting you, and I've been writing in it each day since then. Mom, that's so sweet. Happy birthday, Heather. I love you. If you're a parent, the greatest legacy you can leave for your children is a spiritual one. Jesus made time with God an absolute priority, and that's the model for us as well, both as individuals and as parents. In fact, Jesus withdrew to a lonely place often, and he prayed. Making the spiritual growth of your family a priority will make leaving a spiritual legacy for your children a reality. I'm Jim Burns with Something to Think About from Homeward.com. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Christina Damari with me. Wow, what a conversation today. Developing a heart that's designed to shine. She is the author of a great book called Ocean Star. It's kind of a story of her life. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of being lost and definitely being found as well. Also a Bible study called You're Designed to Shine. I recommend both of them. You want to take a look at it. She's an author. She's a speaker. And she also started this great ministry called Design to Shine Ministry. And she's living in Kentucky and yet you're here in the studios in Southern California. It looked like you're a beach person. You talked about, the, we've talked a lot about the water, you know, the dolphin pod and you surfing when you're in high school. You're very tied into the water, aren't you? Yes, definitely. I really need to have a house on the beach. So <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> well, just move out here to Southern California. Your husband's going to have to make a lot of money or you're going to have to make yes. a lot of money to get this house on the beach. I know. But it sure is a, a, a beautiful place. And we appreciate you being here. You're actually here because you're going to do something called a Design to Shine seminar. Right. Next and, weekend. Right. And that's an incredible seminar where you bring kids together. And you actually have the seminar on the beach. Right. What an incredible experience. We'll have to hear more about that as well. You know, we were talking before the break, Christina, about kind of where your life was and actually then having this friend who commits suicide. So, you know, life is in the pits. Somehow you managed through all this to make it through high school and get to college. And at college, that's where you found Christ. Right. After Rosie committed suicide and I went through kind of like this hard time, I had never cooperated with any of my teachers at high school or the dean or, you know, I just was always in trouble. I was basically just one of those kids who was always in trouble. I, I never did anything the way you were supposed to do it. And I was, you know, kind of just always skipped out of school and didn't show up. I got D's and F's on everything all through high school. The dean, for some reason, she somehow was able to see through the exterior of my life. I wasn't like really bad. I was a nice person. I just was making choices that yeah, were not heading me. Choices. In a so good, many, so in many a good, kids do that. Now, how, yeah. how could you not? You're from this amazing dysfunctional family. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I was just like, and plus I was so lost. Like just, if you don't go to school, you know, you pretty much get behind and then you can't catch up. And so I had done that for so long. I was like, they are talking Chinese. I don't understand what they're talking about. Right, right. I feel that way right I now. I think I'd rather go surfing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel that way right now and I have a PhD. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, so anyway, then... The dean uh, and the counselor actually called me, and this was after I had gone, actually had gone up to Tahoe to go skiing for two weeks, and I had not shown up, and they got a hold of me, and they were like, you know, we really, you know, want you to come in and talk with us, and I just had never cooperated, but there was something that happened right after Rosie died that I went to the beach, and I was just like, I was just there at the beach, and it was this thing that all of us used to go at the end of the day and watch the sunset, and we'd surf, and as the sun was setting, we used to watch like the whole orange ball of the sunset going down. And we used to count like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 
ah, you know, and then we'd all just party and be crazy on the beach. And it was a tradition. We had done it for, you know, all through high school. It was something we all did. And then um, I had gone to the beach after that and I was by myself and I was watching the sunset. And as the sun was slowly slipping below the horizon, it was just getting darker and darker and darker. And I closed my eyes and I remember thinking that that was like, for me, like Rosie's choice to give up was like the first time, like I thought, oh, well, maybe I'm not going to make it. Like maybe this is really too hard. And I remember thinking, I just want to be gone too, like somewhere away from this crazy life. And um, I had my eyes closed and my head just kind of like down. And I heard this, like this voice in my mind say, don't look down at the darkness of the disappearing sun, but look up at the color I can paint with your life. I heard this and I didn't hear it out loud, but I heard it in my spirit and I didn't know anything about God. No one, I I knew nothing about Jesus, but I heard this. And when I opened my eyes and I looked up, the sun had set enough that the sky was starting to be fully alive with color. And it was like this brilliant masterpiece of color and art. And all of a sudden it was like, I knew I had to have hope, even though I had no idea what that meant. And so I remember just that look up at the color I can paint with your life. And so the next day when my dean called, she's like, we want you to come in and meet with us. I just that look up, look up, look up kept coming to my mind. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look up and I'm going to go meet with them. So I went in and met with them and she's like, okay, we're going to map out a plan and you are going to get your diploma. And we set the whole thing in motion. And she's like, but the only way we're going to follow through with this after she got me to agree was if I would agree ahead of time to go to college. Well, that was never in my plan, ever. And um, so I was like, college? Me? Go to college? You're kidding. And um, she pulled out a map, and she was like, well, where do you want to go? And she wanted me to get away from the whole surf culture. So she's like, you need to go somewhere away from the beach. So I was like, okay, well, then can I ski? (laughs) So I picked Mount Shasta, and and there was a little school up there. And I got up there and got a little job and figured out, you know, how I was going to go to school there. And literally the first week, this girl leaned over when I was getting a salad and working at the salad bar. And she's like, whose side are you on? Are you on God's side or Satan's side? And she just asked me a question, just as blunt and as bold as that. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm on God's side. And she's like, well, that's just where the devil wants you guessing, but not knowing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know what she was talking about. But that Bob Dylan song was going around, you got to serve somebody. And so it got me thinking, like, I really, maybe I do. And I wanted to know how to get on God's side. So she invited me to church and told me that the pastor would be able to help me figure that out. And at that point, quickly, you became a Christian. You kind of stopped smoking pot and gave away clothes that had been stolen. Exactly. That's an interesting story. Yeah, I just, I wanted to be on God's side. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really did. So I was like, I didn't want to have any part of anything that was not, you know, on God's side. So like everything that I did that was wrong, I just tried to make a really clean break from it. Where was mom and dad in this picture? Well, my father at this point was almost dead. I mean, he had just drunk himself to death, really. And then my mother just checked out really early on, like for a long time, she had just been checked out. And about by this time, she had actually even written an official letter, which she didn't need to do because she had already completely detached. Right. So you really had been abandoned by them. And I know that you mentioned that you had seen your dad after about three years. He was surprised that people weren't spending time with him. But at this point, he was already sick, and then he died of a fatal heart attack. Right. Incredible yeah. story. I did witness, I did share with him, did share share what God had done in my life with him the week before he died. Yeah. So, but yeah, 
that was definitely, um, after I became a Christian, I felt like I needed to just like try to make some sort right. of amends there. Right. And, uh, but he just was so unhealthy. That's the hard thing when you have really, really unhealthy relationships. Right. No, it, it's, it's true. We're going to, again, talk more about that next time. We don't have a whole lot of time left. In the last few moments, I, I want to fast forward to a day that you were at the beach. So much of this happens around the beach with you, where your son found an ocean star. And I want you to tell the story of the ocean star. And then you prayed a prayer that night that was very special. Yes. One day when I, I was I took my kids to the beach to surf and we were hanging out and one of my kids came running with the ocean star and it just brought me back to this memory of when I was a little girl and my father had told me the story of the ocean star and he's it was one night that I remember so clearly walking along the shoreline at sunset with my father and he looked up into the nighttime sky and he told me the story that a long time ago the nighttime sky was filled with bright shining stars and all we had to do was look up to their light to help us find our way and one by one, over time, the stars began to lose their light and they broke and fell to the sky. And he told me that those stars are not really, they're really not starfish, they're really like stars that broke and fell to the earth and that now they're on a journey to learn how to get put back together again. And once they do, then they turn back into a star that will shine again for others. And I remembered that story because my father was a broken star. And I, as a child, I remember looking up in his eyes, wishing that he was a whole star that had light for me, but he wasn't. And I remember thinking that because he's broken, I'm broken. And so as the years went on, I tried to find a way to put my star back together again. But when I found God and Christ came into my life, that's when I realized that it's his life in my life that makes me whole. And just like the starfish in real life, most species of starfish, when they're connected to the ocean, it doesn't matter what got bumped or bruised or broken along its journey. As long as it's connected to the ocean and its life source, it can fully restore and repair. And so that became my journey when I came to God, that he began to, as I connected to him as my source of life, it began to repair and heal the parts of my star that had been hurt and broken along my journey. But um, the prayer that I had prayed that night was as I was continuing my own journey of healing, that if I ever f found a way to feel as though my star had become whole, and that truly on this journey, I would find a way to be able to help other girls find wholeness too, that I would spend my life helping other girls realize that God has designed them to be a whole star that is able to shine for others. Wow, so very, very encouraging that, that God has been able to make uh, such a wonderful uh, ministry uh, blossom through the heartache that started out in the life of Christina Damari. And today here on the Homeward Broadcast, she's in studio with us, sharing her story with parenting and family expert Dr. Jim Burns about how others now are being inspired to develop a heart that's designed to shine based on her story and uh, how God has uh, blessed her with redemption and restoration. It's just a really, really encouraging thing. Hey, Jim, we got a, uh, an email from a li listener called Katie who says, my day is not complete until I listen to Homeward. And I think that's a great way to describe it because I know for you and me, our day isn't complete. It's been too. Our day is not complete unless we listen to Homeward as well. I can't say enough about how that makes me feel when people come up to me and say that or they send us an email. And actually, this is the time of the year where we really need to hear from you. We're making decisions about are we going to stay on stations, not stay on stations. For many of our listeners, they need to be reminded again that we are a listener-supported ministry, which means if you are in a certain area, then what we hope happens is that that area begins to support. It costs us money to go on the air. And it's kind of a unique way of doing radio, but that's how it works in the Christian world. And so again, we want to hear from you. And I just appreciate 
hearing from Katie. And I appreciate the fact that she's one of our Homeward Family Circle people, which right. is one of the folks who give to us monthly. doesn't matter how much, they do give to us monthly, and they actually commit to praying for the Homeward Ministry, which is actually a lot more than just the radio. We're right. doing some pretty exciting things around here. Anyway, I am very truly grateful we launched that Family Circle just a, a year ago, and we've gotten a whole lot of people who are now a part of that giving group. And I want to encourage you that if you are a person who has benefited from the Homeward Ministry and you'd like to be a part, large or small, this is the time to do it. The economy is tight. It's tight for every ministry. It's tight for almost every business. Well, we are a nonprofit ministry that exists on the donations of generous men and women who support this ministry. And we are in big need right now. And we're in big need in terms of staying on in many different areas of the country. So let us hear from you. Absolutely. Uh, please give us a, you can, lots of ways you can reach out to us. You can call us. Uh, you, we have a toll-free number set up. It's 800-397-9725. Don't give that number out too often. But uh, if it's easier for you to reach out to us by the telephone, Deb will be happy to take your call at 800-397-9725. You can also write to us with a gift at Post Office Box 1600, San Juan Capistrano, California, just like the mission. Father Sarah went, uh, the zip code 92693. And of course, the most expedient way uh, for both parties involved, if you like to use the internet, is you can give a gift online. Our website is absolutely secure, and I mean airtight secure. You have nothing to worry about. Go to homeward.com, you can give a gift there, a gift of $25, $50, $100, $500, or $1,000. Even received one of those just the other day from a listener on the East Coast. Thanks so much for those gifts today at homeward.com. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time right here for another edition of Homeward, where parents get real answers. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.